All right, today's daf is daf ayin dalid, page 74, in the Hilgim Meseches Babakamam. And we pick up one word from the bottom. Last word on ayin gimel amadvez. Final word, the word is mimai. Where do I know this from? Now, this is a question starting from uh, yesterday morning. From yesterday's daf. So let's give, us, let's give ourselves a quick reminder of where we are picking up from. Earlier on this ombud. We had a statement from Rava, and Rava, R- Rava had said. So the Gemara had said earlier at the two dots in the middle of Ayin Gimel a statement from Rava. Rava said, if witnesses first were Hukhshu, yet Reuven and Shimon testify, Levi and Yehuda contradict them. Ule besayif huzmu. And later on, they were turned into Zaymimen. Rava says, they are killed. We do to them what they tried to do, even though initially there was Hakhasha that would have canceled out their testimony anyway. It would have canceled out their testimony. So the, um, uh, it, so the, um, the question is, what do you mean, do to them what they tried to do later on? There was nothing for them to do. Nothing happened. Says Rabba, it doesn't matter. Why? We're still going to do kasha zamam, lasais, la'achiv, we're going to give to them. Because hachosha is tchilas hazama. Hachosha is the beginning of hazama. It's the beginning of becoming an aid zaymi. Okay. Now, Rabba brought a proof from a brisa. The price that was dealing with, if you have witnesses that say, or let's just, uh, let's say this outside, the Brysa says, if witnesses say, we testify about this master, that he blinded his servant's eye and knocked out his tooth, because the master said so. And then the witnesses were found to be Zaymimin. We said they have to pay the value of the eye to the servant. That is a wild and cryptic Brysa. So, right, it's a it's a fascinating uh, statement which we the Rabbah had asked three questions on, and because of his three questions, he came out with an approach that hakhasha that we need to be dealing with hakhasha tchilas hazam. Okay, fine. Comes along Abaye, and this is where we're going to pick up. Abaye says, "No, Rava, you're incorrectly assuming what this brisa is referring to. Uh, this brisa is really only referring to two sets of witnesses, and there's no proof at all. It's nothing to do with hakhasha tchilas hazama." Ayin Sham. This is where the last word on the daf picks up and says the Gemara, Mimai. Says Abaye, how do I know that my interpretation of the Brisa is correct? Now, ultimately, the difference between Rava's interpretation, Abaye's interpretation, whether we're dealing with two sets of witnesses total or three witnesses total, says Abaye, we're dealing with two. And I'll prove it to you. Here we go. Top of today's daf. From the end of the Brisa, where, which we didn't learn yet, we're about to quote it. It says, you switch it around, and we're dealing with Hazama, Reisha Anami, Hazama. In the Reisha also, we're only dealing with two sets of witnesses, and it was switched around, and there's Hazama. Now let's explain, what does that mean? The Tani say, for the end of the Brisa says, Me Dani Yasesh Pliny, witnesses say, we testify about Yankel. Shehip Vilashayn Abusimias Abdai, he knocked out the eye of his servant, and blinded his eye, Shahareya Eved Oymer Kain, because the, mat, the, the Eved says so, okay? Venimtsu Zaymim, and then they're found to be Zaymim. So notice what happened. What just happened is incredible. 
They said we knocked out, he knocked out his, his servant's tooth. What happens, what's the Allah as soon as that's done? His servant is free. Now he blinds his servant. So he's blinding a free man. He's going to have a very high payment to his service, to, to his uh, former servant. The halacha is Mishalman Debei Ayin Larav. They have to pay the value of the eye to the master because the master would have been obligated to pay for the value of the eye to his ex servant. Since they're found to be Zaymim, they're going to have to pay the value to the Rav. What's the case? If the second witnesses do not agree that there was any sort of chavala, any sort of injury that took place at all, they just say, listen, the first set of witnesses are, are not telling the MS and the whole thing's a scam. They should have to pay the entire amount to the Ebed, the entire uh, value of the of the servant to uh, to the master, not just his eye. Because again, according to testimony, the master would have lost the entire servant. It must be that the second set of witnesses are agreeing that the master did hurt the Ebed. However, they just said it went the opposite way. They, they said, no, it's not that he first he knocked out his tooth and then he blinded him, like Yankel said. Rather, we'll tell you what happened. First, he first the master blinded the Ebed. So now the Ebed's free. And then he knocked out his ex-Ebed's tooth. So he only has to pay for a tooth. He doesn't have to pay for blinding. But over here, again, you see from the end of the Brisa, what's the case? We're dealing with two sets of witnesses. And and uh, the, the second set just went and switched around the testimony of the the first set while turning them into Zaymin. If this is the case in the Seifa, we're going to assume that is consistent with the ratio at the beginning of the Brisa. Now let's go back to the beginning of the Brisa, which is what we quoted at the beginning of today's year. What was the case? So it says, So what are we dealing with? If the second witnesses say that the master heard him at a later time, well, the Eid should still have to pay the entire value. Why? Because at the time that they said that he's free, it's not true. The master would still be mechuyiv to any damage that happened to the to the Abed. Rather, the case is where the second witnesses, they're coming and claiming that Yankel, when he gave testimony about what the master did, to the Eved blinding him and knocking out his tooth. That didn't happen on Tuesday. They're saying it happened earlier on Sunday. Okay. And since they said it happened earlier on Sunday, the the uh, their taka would have come and obligated the master to... Uh, to uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Since the second group is saying that the master really did it earlier, so now the first witnesses never really caused the entire loss of the Eved. Fine, so why do we say that you're paying the value of the eye? If the owner had not yet been taken to court, even though they said he knocked out his Ebed's eye and tooth on Sunday, but there was no Ahmad Abedin. They weren't taken, he wasn't taken to court yet. So we should, uh, we should still say that the original witnesses should have to pay the entire value, because he wasn't yet uh, free at that time. The case is 
where he had already been taken to court. Okay, here's the bottom line. I mean, the, not, the, not to uh, knock off this answer, Bechlau, but what the Gemara was trying to do is come up with an approach that there's no raya to Rava, there's no proof to Rava, that Hachasha is Tchilas Azama, and Kachav, we don't have a specific uh, proof to that. Rava still holds what he holds. He says that Achasha being, uh, you know, one set of witnesses that are contradicted by another set and then turned into Zaymimim will be Nairagin, they will be killed. He wanted to prove it from the only way that you could interpret a Brisa. And Abai says there's other ways to interpret that Brisa. Not necessarily so, my dear beloved cousin Rava, that you are correct. Okay. Omar Lei, Rav Acha, Breed, Rav Ika, Liravashi. Rav Acha, Breed, Rav Acha, Breed, Rav Ika, said to Ravashi, Dukya, De Rava, Mehecha. Where does Rava, where does he medayik, where does he, where does he imply this from? Where does he, where does he get this idea that Hachasha is Tchilas Hazama? That when, uh, when a group is contradicted and then turned to be Zaymin, we're still going to punish that because Zaymin is like, Hachasha plus. So it's as if the original testimony is in place. If you're saying we're going back to the first case of the Brisa, Reisha Mechashi B'Tziyoy. But in the, in the Reisha, according to Rav, there's three sets. So the middle sets of witnesses are contradicted. Uh, I'm sorry, are not contradicted. And therefore, they, they still have an Eidos. Kivan. The e loy metazme because since even if you were to say they didn't become zaymen sadusa kapasei kalkaima the uh, the edus would still be in line with them maybe we have other edem arguing on them but there still is considered a testimony the dino kapasei paskina and taka we could we, we could have pasked according to their edus the yesh bechlal masayamana because included in whenever you testify about two hundred is the testimony of 100. Okay, now what does this mean? What does it mean including the testimony of 200 is 100? So let's pause. Let's pause and double click on this and and uh, this is actually Gvaldic. So, according to the way we're interpreting the Bryson now, follow along, this is, it's, it's, this part's very simple. The first set of witnesses, Tynid, they claimed, if you look back at the brisa uh, that Rava brought, they claimed that the master blinded his servant and then knocked out his eye. So, according to this testimony, what are they obligating the master to pay for? I'm sorry. Um, that blinded his servant and then knocked out his tooth. So according to this testimony, what is the master going to have to pay? A tooth. First he blinded, Stavid went free. Then he knocked out his ex evids tooth. Now he'll pay for a tooth. That's what the first witnesses said. Come along the second witnesses. And they say, no. First the master knocked out the tooth. Then the master knocked out the eye. So according to the second group, what is the master going to have to pay? For the eye. Okay? First group, they're going to end up saying the master pays for the tooth. Second group pays for the eye. And we said, oh, it's two against two. It's treu tre. It's hachosha. The, the, you know, they're, they're, uh, 
getting in the way of each other's testimony. So we just knocked the whole thing out. Says the Gemara, a basic question, which is like this. Let's say a tooth costs $2,000 in damages. An eye, we're going to call it $20,000 in damages. Says the Gemara, granted the two testimonies are contradicting each other, but they both agree that there should be at least a $2,000 payment. They're only arguing the remaining 18000 whether or not the owner is responsible. But ultimately, whether you say he knocked out the tooth second, and it's a $2,000 obligation, or whether he knocked out the eye second, and it's a $20,000 obligation, either way, they both agree to $2,000. So we should obligate the master to pay at least that. Let's keep going. This is beautiful. Hokoch, therefore, the first witnesses we're going to say are knocked off, but the middle witnesses are not completely uh, are not completely uh, don't have complete achasha. They're not completely contradicted because, again, if you were to come to a court, a court might say, "Yeah, you got to pay at least for the value of a tooth," because everybody agrees you're going to have to pay that two thousand dollars. Now. Why are we bringing this down? What's the shaykhis? The Gemara here is asking that Stamazai Rav is saying, That's my proof. Says Gemara, no. can't be It can't be the beginning of Azama. Because even if you have a situation where there is Hachasha, but both are agreeing on a minimum amount, if we're going to obligate the $2,000, you mean, you, you see from there, the testimony is not completely pushed aside like Hazama. By Edom Zaymim, the whole thing's pushed aside. Out the window, boom, see you later. That's Zaymim. By Achasha, though, if you have two witnesses that are contradicting each other, but they both agree to a common denominator, you should at least obligate that. And if you're going to allow that to stand, it must be, it's got nothing to do with Zaymim. Beautiful question on Rava. Amr Lay says the Gemara, Suravashi said back, Rava Savar me the Reisha Bishalish Kitas. Rava held the Reisha Lebrisha dealing with three sets of witnesses, like we said, uh, like we explained before. Rava held the three sets of witnesses, and he had a whole proof because of those three sets of witnesses from the Brisa yesterday that Achosha is Tchilas Hazama Seifanami Bishalish. And he says, therefore, the second case, don't assume, like Abai said, that the Seif is dealing with two sets of witnesses, it's also dealing with three sets of witnesses, it could imply that's true from the Seif, going to also betray, we said well, two witnesses come, and they say, first the master knocked out his tooth, and then he blinded his eyes, he's got to pay back more, and if Bezdem Paskin, according to their testimony, and they say, uh, okay, we're going to Paskin, that the master has to pay for the value of an eye, and two other came, Two other uh, witnesses came by Amri and they said, no, first he knocked out the eye, and then he knocked out his tooth. He only got to pay the value of the tooth. First they contradicted, and now the first witnesses become, they're going to pay the value of the eye to the master, even though Lemaisa, according to what they said before, um, there was already hakasha. 
There's already achasha. They're still going to pay for the value of the eye. Okay, so now Rava's, this is really, the Gemara explaining to us what Rava's response to Abai is going to be. Abai says, we're dealing with two sets. And you have Nuraya, Chashtachila says, how do I know two sets? Because their Seifa is dealing with two sets of witnesses. The Reisha wants to deal with two sets of witnesses. And Rava's coming along and saying, no, my original approach to the price is correct. Where we're dealing with three sets of witnesses in the beginning. And I can tell you, it even makes sense for three sets of witnesses at the end. Let's keep going. Who says Rava, if you hold. Achasha is not the beginning of Azama. Contradiction is not the beginning of Benazaimim. Amai Mishalmei. Why are they paying anything? Ha Echachlu Meikara. Excuse me. Ha Echachlu Meikara. They already had a original contradiction, and their whole testimony should be wiped out. And now there's no obligation of Azama. Elishmamina Achasha Tchilas Azami. It must be, Achasha is Tchilas Azama, and therefore everything remains in place. So Rav is sticking to his guns, and he says back to Abaye, he says, Abaye, your, your attempt at disproving me is wrong. Abaye is going to say back to you, You're right, then the Reisha, there's got to be three groups, says the master said this, and we said before that this won't make any, this will not make sense. If you don't hold that there was a previous set of witnesses that were that already showed up, you don't need to say there's three kitas. There was three groups of witnesses. You're going to tell me it's because it says the Eved says Eved called the Yeah, and and the You should know. He says uh, for an Eved, an Eved's not uh, so makbid as to which one came first. I he's going to want more money. True, but the main thing is that he wants to be free, and therefore it says Abai again. You have no proof from this price that Achasha is Tchilas Hazam. Fine. Period. Ended that back and forth between Abai and Rav. Maskala Ravzira. Ravzira asked a challenging question on the Brisa, which we learned on Amud Bey's yesterday, about the owner knocking out an eye in the tooth. Ema, let's say, Sime es enoi, if a master blinds his servant's eye, Top of Amabes. The servant goes out because his eye was blinded. If a master knocks out his servant's tooth, so the uh, ever goes free because his tooth got knocked down. What if the master did both? First he blinded him and then knocked out his tooth. He should go free because of both his eye and the tooth, meaning, says the Gemara, if, you, if, the, if the master damages one or the other, does that ever go free? Yeah. Ask the Gemara, but maybe, if he did both, what's going to happen is, he still goes free. The Gemara is asking a, a there's a lot to say about this question. The Gemara wants to is attempting to ask a basic question. We might ask why it's a basic question, and you could you could challenge this. A lot of the Mefarshim do, but here what the Gemara wants to ask at least is if you if you knock out if you blind him and knock out his tooth, maybe still you don't pay anything. Why not? Because it never goes out for a tooth and an eye, right? So, the Gemara wants to ask, maybe you shouldn't pay. There's a lot of tire on this, because I, I, 
I mean, we should be bothered why it's a simple question. We're all probably asking ourselves, well, why would you pay for, um, why would you pay for, uh, well, I'm sorry, why wouldn't you pay for knocking out the tooth of a free man? Let's say he was blinded first and then you knock out his tooth. What's the assumption? You, you shouldn't pay. The guy's already free. But here's the thing I want to say, maybe Shane Vine, even if you do both, you shouldn't pay anything. Amr Abai, Abai says, no, that's not possible. It's one or the other. You don't go free from both happening, you go free from one or the other happening. Amr Ravidi Baravan, Ravidi Baravan says, Afanan Nami Tanina, we also learned in our Mishnah, you, you steal, and then you shaft or sell according to those same witnesses. And then those witnesses were found to be Zayman. So you got to pay for kol. You're going to have to pay for everything. Okay, what does this mean? My love, first they said that he stole it. And then they said he shechted it. Then they became Zayman on the Geneva. Then they became Zayman on the shechting. Now notice, once they became Zayman on the Geneva, there's no more testimony about the shechting, right? Because it doesn't make a difference. Rabbi Hakivan shows Malagneva says, "Why well, don't understand? Once they're made zaymim for the theft, the gabitvicha habla mukhoshim. So now their testimony anyway about shechting or selling is not going to obligate an additional two and three, because the guy never stole in the first place. But it seems everything. Now everything we're going to assume means talad behei four or five times. It says the Gemara, this is a proof to Rabbah. Because if you hold that is not the beginning of Azamam. Why are you paying for the Shechting? It's got to be that there's still testimony in place. It's got to be Achosha is Achosha. Now that it was finished off at Azamah on the first thing, it doesn't matter. We're still going to obligate him on the additional two or three. Achosha Tchilas Azamah Rabbah is correct. Says the Gemara, what? Amri You don't know. Yeah, you, you can make that up, but maybe it was made zaymim on the shechting and selling first. And if you're only zaymim on shechting and selling first, so now you're going to be obligated in the original two and three, and then afterwards you made zaymim on the gnevus yichayev on the original two. But plukta, and the machleka says edim shehuchushu ubesayfuzmu Rabbi Yechonah ben Elazar. Rabbi Yechon and Rabbi Elazar, Chad Amar Narogin, Vachad Amar Ein Narogin. Which one? To stayim to Rabbi Elazar, who Amar Ein Narogin, Amar Rabbi Elazar, Edim Shochshu Benefesh Likin. That if you have Edim that were machish about Dine Nefashis, okay, they, they would have obligated somebody in capital punishment. The lucky is they get Malkus. We saw that Rabbi Elazar, Amar Narogin, Amai Likin. Why give him Malkus? Why shouldn't he get Malkus? It's a lav that's given over to a azhara, to a warning about a misas bezdin, a heavenly um, judgment. There's no chiyav malkus. It must be a blazer who says ain't narogin to stayim. It's a good proof. Okay, likein. Do you really get malkus in such a case? Treyu trainin. You have two witnesses against two witnesses. My chaz zamechahani. Samachahani, why rely on one and not the other? I'm going to buy a Baragla, I'll tell you why, because the, the alleged victim came in. 
Yeah. So you, you testify that a guy killed, murdered somebody else, and then it comes out that the guy who you claim to have been murdered uh, shows up to town. And he says, hi, everybody. I'm back. And since he's clearly back, so it's obvious that um, the uh, that the witnesses were not uh, were not telling them this. Okay. New case. Here we go. Brand new Mishnah, brand new discussion. What happens if I stole two witnesses? I'm obligated in double. And then one witness comes and says, I shechted it or sold it. Do we obligate financially with one witness? No. So it was Or, he says, I did it. You pay double, not four or five times. Why? If one witness comes, a single witness doesn't obligate me financially. What if I say I owe the additional two or three? Also, it's a fine. If I admit to a fine, I am potter. A person who shechts, a person who steals and shechts on Shabbos. Okay, so what happens over there? There's a chiyav misa. Stole from your father. Father dies, and then you shechted or sell it. All these cases you're going to pay double. You're not paying four or five times. If you have a case of kodshim that you are responsible, if something goes wrong, you're going to send a replacement. You still pay four or five times the amount. That's considered enough in the jurisdiction of an individual to still obligate dollar behay. If there's no um, personal responsibility to ensure that the carbon is there, that you get to bring another uh, sacrifice. So, the um, is You're not going to be, uh, you're going to be pater. You said if a guy shechts or sells with one witness, he's putter. Says Gemara, Pshita. Of course. When was the last time one witness walked into court and we obligated somebody financially? Armiga said, Hakamashla. No, there's actually a novel idea. It's a chiddush here. To teach me that my own admission is similar to admitting by an eidachad. Just like when it comes to one witness, kiyasi eidachad mistarif baday. If you have one witness and a second witness comes along to join him. Mechayev, you are responsible. So again, one witness walks into Bezin on Sunday and says, Yankul stole. We say, oh, you're one witness. Another witness walks into Bezin Monday and says, I saw the same thing, Yankul stole. Okay? So we combine it and we consider them to be two witnesses. So too, when it comes, uh, when it comes to a person who admits on his own, let me tell you something. I would say afterwards, ki osa edim, when edim come, even if you originally admitted, it's still mechaif. You still be obligated in the additional payments. Because the same way by an edacha, the guy shows up, obligation, so too, by the other cases. No, so, so too what you admit by yourself. This exclusion of Vunam Rav, Dama Vunam Rav, Maida Beknas, Vyachach Bo Edim, Potter. It's fascinating. What, what if I. You know, I admit to something, and then witnesses show up. Did I already get off the hook? Or do we say, listen, you were off the hook because there was no witnesses, and we're not going to place anything on you. But if the mice, the, practically speaking, there were witnesses around, uh, you know, you can't just get out of it because you yourself showed up. So that is a, uh, that is a, uh, Okay.
says the Gemara Vaiter and Bezram tomorrow. We will pick up from these uh, these two dots. But let's, uh, for the time being, let's finish today's daf and then we'll do a Chazara tomorrow. Gufa, a piece of a previously quoted statement, Amr of Marav, Somebody admits to a Knas and afterwards Edom come. Potter, Eisvei Rav Chistler, Rav Huna. Chistler has a challenging question to Rav Huna. Maisa brigam liyos to us. Rav Gamliel liyos. Shasimi asayin tevi avdoi. The heligat tevi, heligat tevi. Tevi was Rav Gamliel's famous Eved Kanani, very learned Eved Kanani, and Rav Gamliel blinded the eye of Tevi. And he was incredibly happy. Why was he incredibly happy? Rabbi Gamliel never wanted Tevi to be his servant, but the Torah does not allow you to free Nebuchadnezzar. But it allows you to, halachically, but you're not supposed to. And Tevi was a, was a special person, a special person. And Rabbi Gamliel very much wanted to free him. Now when he becomes free, he becomes a Heligah person. He becomes a Yid, becomes a Jew. But he wasn't allowed to. And then by mistake, Rabbi Gamliel blinded him in the eye and he said, oh, Baruch Hashem, now Tevi could be a full-fledged Yid. You heard that Tevi is free? You heard the news? Kabaldik. Amar Loi Lama. Yeshua said, Why is he free? Amar Loi Shashi Mesi Asainai. I blinded him. Amar Loi Embed Varecha Klum. Shakvar Ain Loi Edim. He's not free because he doesn't. he never brought witnesses to you. For him to be free, there has to be witnesses that you blinded him. But if there would have been witnesses, Rev Gamliel would have obviously been obligated to free him. Now here's what's fascinating. Witnesses haven't been here yet. How do we know that the master knocked out his servant's eye? Because the master is telling us so. That's called Haida'a. He's admitting. So you have a case where he's admitting, Rabbi Gamliel is admitting to what happened. He says, yeah, I, I, mean, I blinded him. He's free. But still Rabbi Yeshua is saying to him, it doesn't matter. There's no witnesses. Which means if witnesses would show up, even after the master admits, the Ebed would go free. Which is a proof, admission doesn't change, doesn't get in the way of Adam showing up. So if I were to admit to something and, later, and witnesses show up later... They do have an impact, impactful testimony. They could obligate me. Amalei says to him, Shine Rev Gamli, I'll delay me for a Bezdin Aide. No, maybe if you admit in Bezdin, we're not going to accept the witnesses over here. He never accept, admitted in Bezdin. He was just going around town telling, uh, telling his Chavir and telling his friends. But if he would have done it in front of a court, maybe we wouldn't accept witnesses. Uh, maybe we wouldn't accept witnesses afterwards. But just speaking to Rabbi Yeshua is not considered admitting in Bezdin. Says the Gemara, what do you mean? For Rabbi Yeshua, Av Bezdin happy. Rabbi Yeshua is, is an Av Bezdin. He was the Av Bezdin. When you say this to him, shouldn't it be like you're telling the Bezdin? Last step for now, top of tomorrow's daf, says the Gemara, you're right, Rabbi Yeshua is the head of the Bezdin, but, Shaloi be Bezdin Havekoi. Gewalt. He wasn't standing in Bezdin at that time. And even if he's the Av Bezdin, if he was standing in Bezdin at that time, it's not considered. Uh, admitting in front of a court. Hence, if witnesses were to come later, they would override the admission. What a halig idea, right? You have, there's a time and place for everything. There's a time and place. 
Sikhrat somebody is Choshuv and you gotta be Mechabit. Obviously, we honor it as the Talmud Chacham and we. And we're uh, we're machshiv, and we give value to every to every person, no matter where they are. But there's a uh, you have you have to know your time and place. You have to know your time and place, even when it comes to halacha, even when it comes to taira, when it comes to positions. There's, there's a place where you're where you're uh, locked where you're locked in to uh, to your position, and there's places where you're not locked. There's times and spaces where you're not locked into your position. The position of an av bezdin, once considered, you told the bezdin. Is when you're there. Some of will say, "I told you, yeah, but I wasn't in that space. I wasn't in the head space. I wasn't in that in that in that makum. Hence, it's not considered like you ever uh, like he ever told him. And if the witnesses would come later, we would accept them in court, and it would override Rabbi Gamliel's admission. Bottom line: until this point, where we're up to right now, we don't yet have a proof either way. If a person admits to a fine, and then Adam come afterwards, what's halacha? We don't have a set psak. We'll hold it here for today. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening.